0: Welcome back into the Card Chronicle podcast. It is the evening of Sunday, October 10th. Mike Rutherford here in Louisville, Kentucky. Dan Sennard back in Columbus, Ohio after a lovely, well, kind of lovely, weekend trip to the city of Louisville. Dan and the Snards back home safely. And look, it, it would have been a fantastic weekend. We would have had a great time. We would have cool stories to tell if not for what took place from, what, about 6 to 6.30 p.m. on Saturday evening, afternoon, and that's what we're going to talk about today. It's going to be a, a shorter-than-usual podcast. We're not getting into questions. We won't dive into, I think, anything on the basketball side of things. It's going to be just about this local virginia game, what happened, where we go from here. Dan, it's been over 24 hours now since the game. How are you?
1: Yeah, it, it's one of those weird feelings where, in the heat of the moment, you're thinking things and you're saying things out loud to your friends or family that... You're like, you know what? Um, obviously what went down was an absolute travesty. And it just, you feel like the sky is falling and you wonder, you know, am I going to feel this exact same way or tomorrow? Or is this just a heat of the moment type thing? Um, but to be honest, I, I, I have, I don't really feel better. Um, it, it's, it's a pretty sick feeling, um, kind of seeing the direction of the program right now. Uh, I know some harsh things were said by, some people on social media, you know, some people probably that you hung out with, and at this point, um, yeah, I mean, there's really, there's really nothing to defend right now. I mean, that was just a um, a collapse of all collapses, especially from a coaching standpoint. I think you hit the nail on the head, perfect, yesterday, where it seemed like every single person, either watching the game in person or on TV, could could see what was happening, and yet our coaching staff did nothing about it. Um, so it's pretty disheartening. And then on top of that, I mean, every time we lose, it's just another excuse to to kind of see what our coaching staff is doing correctly. And then you go back to the recruiting, and we're, we're coming up short there. It, it just really feels like we are going backward instead of forward. Um, and I, I don't want to say the loss yesterday – I mean, no, I, you're never cheering for your team to lose, obviously. But when Virginia came down and scored that touchdown, um, of course, I, you know, when we came back and I had an opportunity for a field goal, I, I wanted to kick it. I wanted to win. But it almost felt like if we won, it's like, well, I guess we're kind of just delaying the inevitable again. I mean, because uh, we shouldn't have been in that position to lose anyways. Um, so a win kind of, you know, might have been able to hide things, um, that everything that went wrong, but. It was just a travesty. There's no other way to describe it.
0: Because I was really, really mad after the Wake Forest game and was still mad on Monday. And I'm like you. I, I think you're you're totally right. When I went to bed last night, I'm like, maybe this will feel a little bit better tomorrow. And no, it's, it's the exact same feeling. But it's a different type of anger. The Wake Forest game, you're kind of spreading things around. You're, you're mad at the staff a little bit. You're mad at the, the players a little bit for making the mistakes that they did. You're mad at the uh, officials, certainly. You're mad at the ACC, everything. You're mad about everything, but it was a good back and forth game. Wake Forest is a is a good team. They're fine. And you kind of felt like it hurt because you feel like you let one get away in a very different way than you let this one on Saturday get away. This one, there's less of an excuse. And I think it's there's nobody else to blame but yourselves. You can't really point fingers in any direction. We can't bitch about the refs, we can't bitch about the ACC, we can't bitch about Virginia. It's th- this was on us. 30 to 13 going into the fourth quarter. And I mean, you're you're totally right. Everybody saw this coming. When they scored that first touchdown, you're like, "Oh boy, it's t- please put the foot on the gas, put the foot on the neck, w- whatever cliche you want to use. Please go down there and score." And we come out in this I hate to use this phrase, I mean, it's the first thing that came to my mind. Bitch-ass vanilla offense, again, which had not worked at the beginning of the game. The other offense, the the more up-tempo, the let Malik rip, the let's-get-things-moving-up-and-down offense that we saw in the second and third quarters had worked beautifully. We, We totally went away from everything that had been working on both sides of the ball. And it would be less frustrating, I think, if we hadn't already seen this before. We saw this a couple of times last year. We saw it a couple of times in 2019. But more recently, this was basically the exact same sequence of events that we saw in the Florida State game. The only difference here is I think Virginia's better than Florida State. That's what it came down to. Virginia could take advantage of the fact that we completely took our foot off the gas. Florida State couldn't because Virginia's better. And I mean, I really don't know where to start. Here, I should preface my comments by saying I have not rewatched the game since being there on Saturday. I'm going to rewatch it uh, before the, the radio show tomorrow. So I'm just kind of going off of memory here. And I, I'm pissed off that it ruined what was a, a good day. I mean, you were in town. Our, our, our buddy Weber was in town. It was a fantastic weekend. We were able to get together. was able to see everybody. Virginia went to her second game ever. She had a absolutely fantastic time. And it would have been just like a perfect weekend if we had just closed the door and it didn't happen let's i guess we'll start the discussion with the what i think is the most consistent complaint that the fan base has right now which is the defense continuing to rush 3 especially on third and longs it, it's it's been a complaint basically the entire season it was a complaint last year it's a complaint that doesn't seem to be getting any attention whatsoever from the staff because we just keep doing the same fucking thing every week And it it is driving me crazy. Louisville had been good on third downs coming into the last, uh, I think, three weeks. And since then, they've been abysmal. I believe, and again, I don't have it in front of me, Virginia was like 9 of 19 on third downs yesterday. Wake Forest the week before was like 10 of 19. Uh, It has been a point of emphasis. It's been a, a point of contention. And I just don't understand why we keep doing the same thing drive after drive, week after week, when we're not getting any positive results out of it, it's I I fully understand it. If you're Brian Brown or somebody out there and you're listening to all these complaints, you're saying to yourself, "Like I know way more about football than all of these guys," and that's completely true. It doesn't mean that they're all wrong and you're right because I think sometimes football coaches, when they're doing style and scheme and all that stuff, they they treat it like they're splitting the atom, and and sometimes it's just not that. Complex. It, 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 sometimes it's as simple as what worked on first and second down might work on third down. And the thing that I don't understand and the point I really want to drive home is the whole point of rushing three is to drop eight and avoid single coverage by your cornerbacks and your safeties and to avoid the potential of giving up a ton of, of long passing plays and a ton of passing yards. Right. That, that's That's the whole point. That's what you're trying to do here. Yep. What we're scared of allowing opposing offenses to do is already happening. Yeah. Brendan Armstrong threw for 500 fucking yards. Are we – what are we afraid of here? I mean, are, is it him throwing for 800 yards? If that's your answer, fine. Like, like let me know. But what you're, what you're trying to prevent by by not rushing more than three players is happening anyway. Why not at least try to be a chaotic defense? Try – to get more sacks, try to, to create more turnovers. And if you give up a handful of, of big-time plays, whatever. At, at least it, it's, you're in the exact same spot. I just – for the life of me, Dan, I, I cannot understand the mentality of these defensive calls.
1: I, I went back and I hate-read the Scott Satterfield press conference. I didn't watch it. Yes, and man. It, it, it seemed like he was – he was like, yeah, you know, we're going to have to go back and look at the film. You know, we can't rush Yasir Abdullah X amount of times. Um, You know, uh, we really, we got, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's not even that. First off, we're in year three, year four. Um, There is clearly a lack of depth um, when it comes to the defensive side of the ball, especially the defensive line. And that's an indictment on him and the coaching staff that they have not improved that at all. In three to four years I mean it's it's quite sad I mean we we literally never get pressure on the quarterback you know unless we are kind of bringing those extra people and it it, obviously he doesn't trust some of these young kids in the back end to be able to hold up one-on-one but I mean you're exactly right I mean we're not facing Chip Kelly Oregon we're not facing Justin Fields Ohio State I mean Virginia and Brennan Armstrong threw 60 times for 500 fucking yards at home, and you have a 30 to 13 lead. I mean, it's completely unacceptable. I mean, it, it, it. There's really nothing else to say. I mean, it's and again, Scott Satterfield, nice guy. I, I really seem like he's a nice dude, but I truly just don't think this is the guy. I think sometimes the players. Um, kind of carry the same temperament as he does, which is is kind of a reflection on him. And I don't know. I mean, it's tough. It's tough to watch. There was so much apathy, like, after the loss. Um, Like, of course, I was pissed off. But, like, it wasn't like the pissed off I was, you know, maybe back, like, in 2016 when we dropped a game where I'm like, God damn it, like, you know, we should be better. Um, But it's almost like you expect it to happen. Um, especially with this coaching staff at the home. You know, Brian Brown, we're in year three. where well, I'm out of excuses to give this guy. I mean, it's just not happening for him. Um, I don't know. It, it, I, I would say things – it's a sad state of affairs with the program right now. You know, there's. I mean, we could come out and win next week. And um, but it, for me, I, of course I'll be happy, but it's not going to change, you know, kind of how I feel right now, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I mean, for, for starters, we're on a bye week next week, so. Oh yeah, that's right. Worst possible time for to have this type of mentality and this type of uh, you know, stigma surrounding the program. It's going to be a long couple of weeks for Scott Satterfield and company. But I, to to kind of your point, when James Turner missed the last second field goal, obviously I was crushed. Obviously I wanted to win the game. Yeah. But I kind of already resigned myself. Like, the anger was already in place. Like, I didn't flip out nearly as much. I threw my hat on the the, the fourth down conversion on the touchdown drive because I knew right then it was over. Like, and, and if we're being honest, I knew right when we kicked the field goal to make it a six-point game that it was over. Everybody there, was,
1: there was probably, like, six or seven plays. If we just make one of them, we win. And yeah. I think we were, like, 0 or 6 or 0 and 7 when we needed it. It was sad.
0: When we went conservative on second down in the yeah. red zone, like right then, I was like, we're going to lose this game. I, I said it out loud to Mary. I was like, we're going to lose because we're going to kick the, he's settling for the field goal here. And when we got, when it was a six point game, everybody in the world knew what was about to happen. Everybody. Like, every Louisville fan I talked to was like, they're going to, they're going to score because we've seen this before. And when it happened, like I was expecting it. And when, when Turner missed the last second field goal, I was upset, but the anger had already set in. It was already, we, sh- it, the mentality was already, we should never have been in the spot. And that's where I was going to be. It's, we we also can't ignore, I think, when we're talking about our own just dissatisfaction with everything, what Kentucky's doing and how that yep. plays at least a small part in it. Because I was overwhelmed by how much we flip places in the last 10 years. Like, like, Saturday's the perfect example. That mentality that I just described of Virginia getting the ball back, down six, the length of the field to go, and two minutes to play – and every Louisville fan assuming we're going to lose is exactly how Kentucky football fans have lived their entire lives. Like we see them they're still doing it right now. Like they still can't believe that they're this good. I think they're starting to believe it. But you still like in the Florida game, they're like, Well, when Florida got the ball back, we're gonna lose this one. Uh, the Missouri game, they they had the same thing. Like they have been so snake bitten and so accustomed to losing those types of games, they still haven't really gotten over that. And now the roles have totally reversed to where like like we all just thought, like, we knew what was going to happen in the fourth quarter. We knew that the collapse was imminent, and then we go home after the game, and UK's on national television kicking the shit out of LSU. It's just, it's, it's awful. This, this is a bad, bad place to be, and we have run the gauntlet of emotions already. We started this year off not knowing how to feel about Satterfield. Week one, week two, really, after the first two games, you know, it's all this guy sucks, get him out of here, this, this, this just not a good fit. And then exactly what he had to do to win the fan base back, exactly what we described in that podcast after the Ole Miss game, he does. You beat UCF in this dramatic, feel-good fashion, and then you go down to Tallahassee and you beat a wounded Florida State team. And all of a sudden, we're all kind of feeling good. We've all got that momentum back. And then you have the gut punch loss to Wake Forest and the inexcusable collapse against Virginia. And we're right back to where we were in the middle of September. It's just – it's tiring. It's – it's frustrating and when you look at the remainder of the schedule especially when you look at the upcoming schedule there are a lot of games in a row here that we could lose like this thing could get away from satterfield and company awfully quickly and it wouldn't be so frustrating it wouldn't be so scary if it hadn't been so damn avoidable and that's that's where we are here talking about this
1: i mean the uk comparison i i i really kind of sat down and thought about this last night um and, I mean, obviously, I, I have to give credit where credit is due. I mean, Mark Stoops has slowly built this uh, program. Well, well, listen, hear me out. And people, uh, you know, you see people saying, hey, we, we, maybe we need to give this coaching staff two to three more years. We don't have the bodies and the trenches and stuff like that. The difference with the first couple of years of Stoops when, you know, obviously he wasn't winning a ton, at least he obviously, I mean, at least he was still recruiting at a pretty high level. Right. Um, Right now that's not happening. And so there was kind of, maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And and for us, I mean, the thought of, you know, keeping this recruiting up for another two to three years, uh, I mean, that could really, you know, set our program way back and, People are like, well, it, it takes time to build a program. I mean, we've seen this program turn around on a dime before. I mean, it can be done. There's no reason that we have to wait for a five-year rebuild. I mean, we, you know, Louisville is capable of doing it in a shorter period of time with the right hire. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it sucks. It, it kind of compounds the disappointment of what's going down, you know, 45 minutes east of us. Um, there's just no way to sugarcoat it. I mean, it just sucks being a fan right now
0: forty five minutes you fast drive yeah over here. well,
1: yeah, we had some uh yeah, that was the college days, I guess it's been a while.
0: Leadfoot sonard <laughs> all right um yeah i I mean, if you're not winning games on the field and you're keeping your fan base content that way, you've got to be doing one of two things, one. You're losing, but you've got star power, and you're playing an exciting brand of football. Or two, you're really recruiting above the typical standard for your program and giving your fan base hope for the future that way. Louisville's doing none of those things. They're not winning enough on the field. They're not exciting, although you know the offense, I think, has certainly held its own the last couple of weeks. But they don't have elite star power, and they're not recruiting. And it's tough to keep everybody happy when that's the case. I mean... Case in point, Saturday afternoon is a perfect day for football. It, it is unseasonably warm for October. There's not a cloud in the sky. It's a good opponent, but one that you should beat coming into your building. You can tailgate all day. And I, I don't know what the official announced attendance was, but it was, I mean, it was the type of attendance that we were bitching about when the team sucked in, like, the late 2000s, early right. t- uh, 2010. Like, it, it's, I don't know, man. Like, like this We're in a weird spot right now and maybe the most frustrating part of this whole deal is we really had a chance to catch lightning in a bottle when we had the Charlie Strong years rolling into the move to the ACC and Lamar Jackson, right? I mean, you know, Charlie comes here, he produces NFL talent out of this program, the likes of which we've never seen before. I mean, he's got Teddy Bridgewater, who's a star, but he's got also, you know, guys like Calvin Pryor and Devontae Parker and Marcus Smith and, uh, you know, Sheldon Rankins and dudes who are just going to be high draft picks and, and stick around the NFL for a long time. And then we make the move to the ACC. Petrino gets us the most exciting player in the history of the program. One of the most exciting players in the history of college football. He wins the Heisman Trophy and, since that season collapsed at the end of 2016, what's happened? We we had just sort of a whatever 2017 year. It felt like we completely wasted our last chance to have Lamar Jackson. We have the disastrous, just total collapse in 2018. And then Scott Satterfield's come in and had an overachieving, but relative to the program standards, kind of average first year, a bad last year. And then we seem to be on the verge of having another average year this year. And there's no sign that things are going to get substantially better anytime soon. And it just feels like we wasted this opportunity to become a, like like a mainstay college football program. It's so hard to break up into that next tier in in the world of college football. And we had that, that potential making the jump to a power five league, or I guess from the big East, which was a power six league to a better league in the ACC, having the cool factor of Teddy Bridgewater folding into Lamar Jackson and we haven't capitalized at all. Like we didn't take advantage enough when those guys were here. And we certainly have not kept any of that momentum since those guys have left. And it's just, you're looking at the future and you're like, when are we going to be back to where we were hoping to be five, six years ago? Like, when are we going to be a national player again? It's certainly not happening right now. It's not going to happen next year. It doesn't look like. And yeah. what time do we have that it's coming again anytime soon?
1: That And that's where like I look at the program and my shoulders just kind of sink because I just – I look at this staff and I'm just like – I I mean, I'm – you're lying to yourself, at, at least me when I am. Like, I'm lying to myself if I truly think this is going to be the staff that turns it around and, like, leads this program, you know, to a, a, a 10-win season or a, a bowl. I just – there's just no way it's going to happen. So, like, the longer that, you know – Scott Satterfield is here, to me, we're just delaying the inevitable. I I, I just don't see this getting better. I only see it getting worse. Um, And it's tough. I mean, yeah, coming in for the game yesterday, I was super excited. I mean, and it was fun. I mean, we had a great time. But there there was a noticeable – I mean, it had been a while since I've been to a game. I mean, there's just a noticeable difference from – kind of the uh the feeling of the fan base um, and, and obviously that showed up in like the numbers that came out to the game and I mean I'm really afraid to see what's gonna happen in two weeks unfortunately what when you're whenever we have our next home game I mean uh, I feel like yesterday's loss turned a lot of fans way off um but I don't know I mean uh, obviously uh, we're, we're still gonna cheer for the cards we're still gonna break them down on a weekly basis but uh, you know, I'm lying to myself if, if I think that this is the guy that's going to lead our program to good things. Um, Unfortunately, like I said, I mean, nice guy, um, but he, he's just not doing the job for
0: me, at least. You don't have to say nice guy every time you I do. I, <laughs> I, I feel bad. Well, you
1: know, like I, here's the deal. Like, I mean, this is guy's livelihood. Like, I, I know. Like, I know. If someone was like calling for like my job, I'd be like, what an asshole. But I mean. You know, it, it just a, a spade is a spade. I've I've seen enough in three years, um, and it just doesn't seem like it's going to get done.
0: And nobody wants Scott Satterfield to fail. No, nobody right. wants Brian Brian Brown to fail. We want these guys to be the answer. Exactly. We just we just need some tangible evidence that that's going to be the case. And right now, it's not there. I want to talk about how potentially the second half of the season could be saved. But before we get there, want to remind you guys. Uh, remind you guys. Not, not necessarily that's probably not the right word. We are once again now being sponsored by our friends over at Homefield Apparel. So we'll be reminding you guys from now on about our friends over at Homefield Apparel. If you haven't checked them out, again, it's the best premium college apparel brand that you're going to find anywhere on the internet or in person or in real life or whatever. Go to homefieldapparel.com. Since the last time we've talked about Homefield, they've added a ton of new schools. They do have Kentucky now, but whatever. It's, you, know, you, you, don't, you don't have to buy their stuff. They, they've got more. The Louisville stuff's way better. It's way cooler. They've got retro uh, brand tees, retro hoodies, some new stuff as well. You can find a variety of stuff. Just check out the options. Dan's wearing a home field apparel shirt uh, at the game on Saturday. You got a compliment from Drew Deener, I believe. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: yeah. We rode in an elevator, and uh, he uh, he gave me a compliment, so that was nice. Um, yeah, but no, I wasn't the only compliment on the shirt. Definitely, uh, Home Field, they, they pump out great products, so um, I'll rock it anytime I can.
0: You rode the elevator with Diener. I rode it with Tom Jackson. We're both oh, riding wow. the elevator with superstars. Actually, he was like – he almost made the elevator too full. Mary was like, I kind of want to get off right now. I'm like, that's Tom fucking Jackson. Calm down. Uh, but I was not wearing my Homefield shirt. If I was, Tom Jackson absolutely would have given me a compliment. Check out their stuff for yourself. And when you make your first purchase from Homefield Apparel – Use the promo code Chronicle fifteen at checkout. That's going to save you fifteen percent off your first purchase. Again, Chronicle fifteen, all one word. homefieldapparel.com. dot com. Check it out today. Look like Danny Senard. Get compliments from superstars like Drew Diener. Feel good about yourself. That's what Homefield does. All right. So one half of this season is over, and it's gone not great. There certainly was a great moment against UCF, but you've you know you're three and three. You're one and two in the conference. To me, Dan, looking at the second half of the season, I think there are only two ways that this season gets quote-unquote saved. We have this season end, and the fans feel relatively good or good at all about Scott Satterfield. Option one, they somehow go at least 5-1 and one in the second half and finish the regular season 8-4. and four. Option two, I think they can get away with going 7-5 and five if they beat Kentucky in the regular season finale. I think that's the the only other way that Scott Satterfield can save this thing because UK I think we have to assume that they're going to be coming into that game at 10 and one or nine and two oh, and Jesus. I mean at this point like they're gonna be yep. favored in every game that they have but Georgia like they could easily be 10 and one or nine and two and that gives you the opportunity if you're Louisville to kind of do the the 2016 thing to them where yep. they thought they were having this fantastic season and it's still a good year. But to end it with an upset loss at the hands of their arch rivals who are just kind of a whatever team would be crushing for them. And I mean that kind of – I feel like that was the moment that really jolted the Mark Stoops era at UK. Like you said, they were recruiting well, but they hadn't had the on-field results. After they win that game, they have a good 2017. They have the fantastic 2018. They've kind of had it going since then maybe that can be the moment for Scott Satterfield. I don't know, but if, if it happens, we can at least convince ourselves. Is there any other route or would that even satisfy you at this point?
1: Um, I mean, I guess satisfy. Yes. I mean, I would be satisfied with it, but I think this program is capable of bigger things just because I, I, I you know, we have past history of it. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. It, it, it's tough for me to say, like, I would be over the moon with it. Of course, you. I, I would be obviously thrilled to, you know, kind of put a wrench in UK's dream season. Um, I, I don't see us finishing five and one. I mean, that would be awesome. I just don't see that happening, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I mean, seven and five with a win over UK. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that would be, I would, that would be satisfying. Um, but again, I'm, I'm looking for bigger things from the football program. Um, I, by the way, I don't think seven and five and a win over UK is going to happen. Um, but if it did, yeah, I would be happy.
0: Yeah, I think that's, that's kind of what I'm going for. Is it likely? No. Would it make fans happy going into a bowl game? Uh, and then potentially into the, the 2022 season? Yeah, for, for a period of time. Um, but man, I, I didn't see anything on Saturday that leads me to believe that that's possible. And,
1: I, I one of the reasons I hate this is because it did it it, it kind of overshadows like I mean Malik Cunningham is having an, like an outstanding season.
0: Oh, he's and, been terrific.
1: Like it, he's not being talked about nearly enough because it it, it seems like you know he's being let down um, or you know mainly the coaches are being talked about after the games instead of the players on uh, on field performance, but. Um, I know these kids; they're trying their best. I know they're playing hard. It's unfortunate what's happened these past couple of weeks. I mean, we obviously we're not at practice, and you you know that they're you know putting 110 in and busting their ass, and to have things fall that you know that way two weeks in a row has got to be so disheartening. um And you know now they're going to a bye week, and they're going to have to pick themselves off the mat again. So I hope they're able to do it. Um, but you know, we have had a couple kids totally show out this year, and, uh, you know, I, I hate that it seems that that's kind of gone unnoticed a little bit.
0: Yeah, no, Malik has been fantastic, and, I mean, Hassan Hall, his return yeah, he was great. seemingly the dead kind of got ruined by the, the way the game ended. I think you're seeing some young guys really step up at at wide receiver. Tyler Harrell, he's a big play waiting to happen every single game. Um, Amari Huggins-Bruce can be really, really effective as well. There are reasons to be – there are reasons why we should feel more excited than we do right now. But you also can't – you can't blame anybody in the fan base for being down right now after going through what we've gone through the last couple of weeks. And also like, not getting good at the explanations we've gotten from the staff when we've had complaints have not been good enough. Scott Satterfield's yep. reactions, uh, his post game press conference Saturday was not good enough. He seemed just sort of dazed. Brian Brown, when he answered questions from the media, I liked that he was overly harsh of his defense, their performance against Wake Forest, but his a- answers when he was asked specifically about rushing more than three did not fit the bill. Like, it did not satisfy me whatsoever. And, One of the big topics on the radio show last week was whether or not we had been too, I say we, me more than than anybody, too lenient on Brian Brown. Because I was just kind of saying, I think their defense is doing enough and they're going up against great offenses. But the stats are the stats, man. And at some point you can't run from them. This is the 112th ranked team defense in America right now. There are only 130 teams in FBS. Every Every meaningful stat on defense, Louisville ranks in the triple digits. They are, by any metric you use, one of the worst defense, defenses in Power Five conference football. And that's that's not what we were told all summer long. The 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 word out of the Louisville camp, and I know that you can't just take what the coaches say at face value and believe everything that they, they spout out during fall camp, but they did preach us, they, they did sell us this notion of, Hey, maybe this is going to be the first year of the Satterfield era where the defense is leading the offense to water like this it's going to be a defensive team we're going to control the ball on offense because the defense is going to be so good, and it's actually been exactly what we saw in twenty nineteen the The numbers are almost identical. The offense has been very good the defense has been very bad and when that's the case, you're three and three despite playing in a shitty conference like the a c c and there's not a whole lot of hope that you're going to improve that i mean looking at the schedule now. You've got BC, a very losable game. They're certainly no worse than Virginia coming to town on October 23rd. Then you're at a nationally ranked NC State team, and then you play Clemson. This could easily go from going into October feeling like you have a chance to win the Atlantic Division or at least be in that race deep into the season to all of a sudden having lost five games in a row and nobody caring when you host Syracuse on November 13th. This is a, a very, very dangerous point in time for not just this Louisville football team, but I think this Louisville football program.
1: Yeah. And I think that's what makes it all the more frustrating is because there was like a glimmer of hope that like, man, we, this thing is wide open and we have a shot at this thing. And like for me, it feels like we got let down by the coaching staff these less, these last two games. I mean, um, when it comes down to like a, a one possession, one, you know, kind of one play can turn a game around on a dime. Um, a lot of times it comes down to coaching decisions and that's a shame. But I mean, you go through those next three games and I mean, it's, it's scary to think about that this thing could, like you said, very easily spiral out of control. So, um, you know, hopefully they get healthy these next two weeks. Um, it sounds like Souterfield. It thinks they're pretty banged up, so um hopefully we get some guys healed up here and get ready for Boston College. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's t- the fan base, it's tough to ask this fan base especially to be patient because not just for football, but the last five years, I mean, we've been patient long enough. We've been more than patient. You know, we deserve something. We deserve a winner. And that's why I think a lot of people are just so frustrated right now is because we just don't see that happening. And I I think unfortunately a lot of the fan base is checking out at this moment. Um, so hopefully they can right the ship and get some of these guys back on board. Um, but I, I would be lying if I say a lot of the wind,
0: you know, a lot of the wind has been taken out of my sails at least. The moon inside that stadium on October 23rd is, is – yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be bad. There, there's no yeah. way around it. It's going to be low, and it's going to be hard to blame anybody for it. My last complaint before we move on uh, and start to get out of here – and again, I have not rewatched the game. So maybe this was explained, or maybe it was somebody wrote about it after the game, and I just haven't seen it. What was up with the timeout after the kickoff at the end of the game? Like, I know.
1: That was the weirdest thing. Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen anything on it either, but I, I thought the same thing.
0: Could have used that. I mean, it yeah. would, would have been nice to have that in our back pocket going towards the, going at the, I mean, I just, little stuff like that. I just don't know what to do with it. But do you have any parting thoughts? I know we've just kind of moaned and griped, but that's, you know, what what else are you going to do yeah. after that game?
1: Yeah. So, like, this is actually a, a kind of a, I guess you'd call it a parent corner. Like, it was great, obviously. I've seen you at the game. Uh, we saw Mary, you know. So our friend Webb, and then all's kids were there. I brought my son Cam, and it was great to get everyone together. Um And so when I was driving home yesterday, I, I, I literally apologized to my son because I took him to the Vikings game. He dressed up in Vikings gear when they lost to the Bengals. I take him to the Reds losers this summer. And I was like, buddy, man, I'm sorry. Like, I keep <laughs> having you cheer for these teams that lose like this. And, like, he kind of put, like, this, like, a sports perspective. He was like, he was like i don't care dad it was like the most fun ever and i was like oh man that's great like i, I you know it, it kind of made me like take a step back and be like all right like it is just a game um but like obviously after i like let him out of the car i like went into a dark room and i was like god damn it um but no it was a it was a cool moment um we, we love going to the game with our kids um and yeah that's another reason i want the program to get good i want my son to see a winner it's it's uh, it's it's been a while. I feel like.
0: Yeah, we got home in Virginia. Actually, just like ripped her cheerleader outfit off and was like, give <laughs> me some big blue gear. I can't take this shit anymore. Like, <laughs> you asshole! What have you done to me? I'll never forgive you for this bullshit." Like, no, she had a she had a blast. But she, it's we're gonna. I mean, i I'm, I'm we're bringing a baby boy into this world in two weeks yeah. or less. And my God, what world is this kid entering? What's happening right is- now?
1: Maybe baby boy Rutherford is going to bring some good mojo. I mean, if, if baby boy Rutherford comes in, we win a couple games and win the UK game, you know, we're going to declare this kid king of the world. So, um, yeah, let, let's get this boy out here, change things up, change the mojo, um, and, and start moving in a positive direction. A lot of pressure on Malik Rutherford
0: coming into this, uh, <laughs> coming into this world. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, so can I, can I just assume that your day in the dumps is basically this whole episode yeah
1: no 100 percent. and the fact if if anyone if anyone sees my son's shirt it was uh it was, <laughs> yeah. it was taken out from underneath our seat yesterday that was like i was like so we uh i called you i was like hey can you go check under our seat um we left like my son's water bottle and shirt under the seat And you're like oh the water bottle's here but the shirt is gone i was like perfect just the biggest nail in the coffin ever so uh Lost and found Cardinal Stadium. There's a long sleeve, uh, kids Cardinal shirt. Please return it to me.
0: I did love that when I told you it was gone, you immediately blamed Scott Satterfield. You were like, well,
1: Fuck a <laughs> Scott. I was like, yeah, is there anything we won't blame on Sad at this point? I know. Yeah. I'm sorry, Scott.
0: Oh, God. Um. I feel like I had one thing to add and I've just completely blanked now, but yeah. So no day in the dumps outside of losing a shirt. We do have two new podcast reviews. Again, if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, it's the easiest way to make sure that you don't miss an episode that, you know, right when the new ones come out. And we love it when you give us reviews, when you leave us five-star ratings or, you know, whatever rating you want to leave, we're not going to put any pressure on you, but to kind of, Push you in the direction of leaving reviews. We like to read them on the episodes. Two new ones. This one says, must listen for Cards fans. The quintessential podcast for Louisville Cardinal sports fans. Mike and Dan cover many aspects of Cards athletics in a humorous and knowledgeable way with enough self-deprecation to keep it real. Come for the sports news. Stay for stories of Dan whiffing golf swings. Five Cardinal bird masks out of five. Uh, other review says, always quality except the audio. Mike and Dan, Dan and Mike. These guys are always reliable for high-quality entertainment and Louisville Cardinal takes. You can't miss a show because each one will keep you on the edge of your seat waiting for the next ridiculous statement or story. Love these guys and hope they keep up the great work. Before we before we do get out of here, and thank you to both people for leaving those messages, I do have to kind of you know smack you in the face for bitching about your sports teams. Your Vikings did beat my Lions, so at least you've got that. I'm 0-5. with I, I've got nowhere to turn in the world of sports right now. I'm like just – turning in a full circle looking for somebody to save me and nobody's throwing any sort of lifeline out there it is it is awful here I hate it here
1: yeah I mean the the Vikings lose that game against 30 other franchises (laughs) the only one that they win against is the Lions um it was like a it was like a battle of wills of like who could lose it's like oh all we gotta do is ice the game here and we fumbled and you guys come down and um, take the lead by one. Shout out Jalen Reeves maben Um, shout out Marcus Mabin made a big play. And then, um, the Vikings who have missed probably a hundred field goals to win games over the years, like hit a 50 yarder to win. So, uh, yeah, weird game, weird season. Uh, Mike Zimmer is going to get fired soon. So again, that's another situation of delaying the
0: inevitable. I mean, I've got Scott Satterfield. Like totally stone faced and not really answering questions, and then I've got Dan Campbell literally crying. I, <laughs> I was like, I don't know I don't
1: which know one how makes. We me... didn't talk about that. That was awesome.
0: I was like, I don't know which one makes me more mad. I was like, I don't, I don't know how to feel about like either one of these. It's probably Satterfield because Campbell. I'm like, at least he cares. Yeah, also, I was gonna
1: say, i I would love some Satterfield tears. Give me some tears, baby.
0: that's 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 the answer that's how the podcast ends our one solution is cry more scott if you don't
1: cry in the next press conference your ass is back to appalachia
0: you got one bye week to work up some tears my man we knew we we need some tears to let us know that you care jesus christ what a terrible place to be all right we're gonna have another podcast at some point in the next week or so i think keith is going to i'm gonna try to get keith on before the end of this week to do kind of a, a mid-season review, get his thoughts. He'll add some some smarts to this podcast. But I know he's dealing with three kids now. Two of them have been sick. He's been running around. I know he's he's getting very little sleep, so it's hard for him to make that happen. But, um, hey, we have Baby Boy coming sometime soon. If you don't hear the podcast for an extended period of time, it might be because that happened. Or it might just be, be- because we have yeah. <laughs> the usual thing where we can't get our schedules ironed out. We're going to try to have another one this week. Man. Let's get to this bye week together. Basketball around yeah, the corner. We got the switch on Saturday.
1: I was gonna say, uh, shout out Mike James. Hope he gets a full recovery. I hate to hear that. So, um, yeah, we're 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 basketball's sneaking up on us. So, um, you know, you don't want to turn all your attention to that, but it, it feels like it feels like that might be happening soon.
0: That's how mad we are about this loss on Saturday. We didn't even make time for the T-Will ringleader of a – Jesus. <laughs> I mean, we're defra- – de- de- Like defrauding a health system scheme.
1: Oh. Uh God. Yeah, we're uh, – It's like these are the bad times.
0: Until we talk to you guys again,
1: let's just say it. Go Cards. Go <sighs>